Praise God. Before the 2008 elections, a prophet had a word from the Lord that this nation would not be changed by any election. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. What's going to change this nation, the word of the Lord came and says, is an awakening in our nation. An awakening. Is the church and the body of Christ arising and shining and so that our light will not only be seen locally, but our light shall be seen, known, and felt nationally amen. and even globally. Yeah, amen. And so in this day, in this hour, the church is rising in greater tenacity, in greater power. And the things which have been foretold and prophesied for years and years heretofore shall surely come to pass. For there is an awakening occurring even in the ranks of the righteous. For there have been those that have sat idly by and twiddled their thumbs and just been in a wait and see mode. It's time now to wake up. It's time now to rise up. It's time now for the voice of the righteous to be heard loud and clear throughout my land. Not drawing back, not cowering down in fear, not afraid of any cliff that those say may be near. For yea, saith the Lord, I'm upholding all things by the power of my word. I have got you, says the Lord. So don't worry and don't fear. The word of the Lord says to you, my church, draw near. Draw near in prayer. Draw near in faith. Draw closer even to one another. And you will see the power of agreement and the power of Pentecost explode throughout your land. America is not known in prophecy. It's not mentioned in the Bible. And there are reasons for that. One could be that you and I are out of here in the twinkling of an eye. And when we are gone, the salt is gone and the light is gone and decay will begin. So it's time now to arise and work while it is yet day. Don't back off. Don't back down. This is my church's finest hour. 
Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands right now. Hallelujah. Let's pray for an awakening, Lord. We pray for an awakening in our lives, Lord. And may stabro kalandeshte. We pray for an awakening, Lord, in our own lives, in our own prayer lives, in our own walk with you, Lord. Changes, changes, changes. Oh, changes within the household of faith. Changes in the households of God. Changes in the temples of glory. Mandro Costalavata. Rising up now to our finest hour. Shaking off the works of darkness. Shaking off slumber. And keeping our eyes fixed on you, Lord. We thank you that it is your hour. This is the day of your power. And we step up and step forth and step in to the plan of God. Hallelujah. Oh, let the worshipers arise, Pastor Tom. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Let the body of Christ arise. Let the church arise. I got a book right here in my hand that says we win. Hallelujah. From cover to cover, we win. Hallelujah. I found a verse in this this Bible right here that talks about my God. My God is, the God is more than enough. He can take your not enough. And when you show a thankful attitude toward him, he can take your not enough and increase it to be more than enough. That's just the way it is with him. He took a two-piece fish dinner one day. He looked up and he praised God and said, Thank you, Father. And the miracle of multiplication took place. And as they passed the loaves and the fish, a two-piece fish dinner fed 5,000. It is the law of miracle multiplication. Anybody in this place today could use some multiplication in their life. The Lord has been mindful of you. The Lord will bless your household. He will bless the house of Hernandez. Hallelujah. He will bless the house of Brown. He will bless the house of Robinson. He will bless your house. He will bless my house. The Lord, now listen, if you'll just praise him and just thank him and be grateful, and give thanks unto the Father, which has made you so very able to be a partaker of your inheritance of this glorious saints in life. If you'll just give thanks to the Father, if you'll just give him something to work with, glory to God. 
He will take what you give Him and He will begin to work a miracle of multiplication in your life. Magnify the Lord with me. Magnify Him with me. And He will begin to magnify His church. He will display His goodness not only in the ages to come, but in this age, in the here and now. He will display the riches of His glory, His unlimited mercy and grace through you and through the church in this hour. So, oh, magnify the Lord. <laughs> you magnify Him. He will start magnifying you, not in a way that will bring glory to you, but in a way that will be a witness of His goodness in your life. Oh, glory. In a way that will bring honor to the King. Woo, glory. It is the law of multiplication. When you magnify him, he gets much greater and bigger in your thinking, in your mind. And then he will reciprocate and he will magnify you, your household, your business. Everything that you put your hand to in this day, in this hour, if you will be a thanker and praiser of God, it shall prosper. Look at your hands. Say these hands. They're worshiping hands. Point to your lips. Say these lips. We'll praise him continuously. The fruit of my lips shall continuously, oh hallelujah, give thanks and give praise to him. Come on, let's do it right now. Let's just worship. Oh, brekiselama. Say it with me, oh magnify the Lord with me. Let us let's exalt his name together. Go ahead and be seated for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Ooh, glory to God. Well, thank you, Father, for your goodness this morning. Thank you for the exhortation and Thank you for the word of encouragement. E pastore nete, apalanistele desto. A time to be encouraged, and not a time to be discouraged. A time to be encouraged. For those who are encouraged, encourage others. It's like those that are blessed, bless others. Those that are strong, strengthen others. Jesus spoke to one of his disciples. I 
think it was Peter, he said, you know, I'm praying for you that your faith doesn't fail. And when you're converted, go out and strengthen the brothers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever God has done in you, he wants to do through you. Whatever the Lord has done for you, he wants to do through you. Mm, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to praise. I want to dance. I want to shout. I want to get up on the roof and call out <laughs> Ooh, for the goodness of the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness unto the children of men. Oh, that men would praise him. For he satisfies the longing soul. And he takes those that are broken and makes them whole. Oh, that men would not be depressed. But would arise and shout and dance and sing. And give thanks unto the Holy One. For you see, the victory has already been won. And I've said in my word, now thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory does not to be attained. Victory has already been won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanksgiving time, a great time of fellowship and friendship, isn't it? I just love Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful to, to Him for keeping me alive. So that I could proclaim His goodness in this day and this hour. Many of us could have been dead by now. But you know what? We're alive. Hallelujah. When I think about His goodness. You see, the dead, they don't praise the Lord. But you and I aren't dead. We're not asleep. We're alive. <laughs> We're alive because he lives. Alive, alive, alive forevermore. Thank you, Lord. But Thanksgiving, it's just, it's a great time. And by the way, I have begun my message. It's, it's okay. Uh, last night, you know, Brenda's making a couple of our favorite things. Kids coming, you know. And, yeah, she makes uh, some really good chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I finally got a hallelujah on there. <laughs> no, no, I mean, just kidding. But really good chocolate chip cookies. And... And our granddaughter, Olivia, who's three and a half going on four, she likes her chocolate chip cookies with M&Ms on them. 
You know, it's kind of the extra, the double portion. And, uh, you know, Papa, they call me Papa. I like to tease her a little bit. And uh, they were on their way home from church last night. They go to a church down in Irvine, California, work at a church down there. And uh, I said, Livy, Papa's eating your cookies. She says, no, Papa, they're my cookies. Get away from them. But they'll, they'll be here tonight, and, you know, she'll take a bite of that cookie, and she'll go, mmm, 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 mmm. Did you know that you have spiritual taste buds? Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You sit down, you eat a great meal in the natural, and you're going, oh, that is so good. But you come across truth in the Word of God that's changed your life. And you refresh yourself over and over again with the truth. The truth that sets you free initially is the truth that keeps you free. And when you're mosekete, and when you come up against a hard place, you always go back to the truth because you know where your liberty lies. Your liberty lies within (laughs) the pages of the Bible, and your liberty and your freedom lies within you. Because the Spirit of the Lord is the Spirit of liberty, and He lives in you. But oh my gosh, I mean, nishtakata sopahata. You come into an atmosphere like this and it's just, oh, Jesus. We're tasting of the powers of the world to come. We are experiencing, if we will, days of heaven upon the earth. Great and glorious presence, not only in us, but among us. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I walk into this church or I walk into a place where the presence is so thick and my spirit does somersaults and I'm going, oh God, you're so good. You're so good. If people only knew how good he is. And that it is not a pointed finger that draws men and women to repentance. But it is the goodness of God that draws all men to repentance. And so... While you're gathering with your friends and your family, don't forget to gather around Him and around His Word. And give your spirit the privilege of supping with Him. He says, Behold, I knock at the door. If any man will open, I'll come in and I'll sup with him. How many of you like supper time in the natural? We all do. 
But there is a sup, there is a fellowship that is richer than the richest food you've ever eaten. For man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And so, Pastor Mark, what what do I do with all this stuff then that's happened around me? What do I do? The doctors say this, and the economists say that, and the kids are doing this, and the car just broke down, and my bills are screaming at me. What do I do with all that? I tell you, Paul shared with us a great secret on what to do in the midst of pressure-filled situations. And as long as we're in this earth, we will feel, we will experience the pressure of resistance against us. That pressure will be removed once we're removed. (laughs) And oh, what a day it will be. But... There is answers in the word for us when pressure comes. So look with me just a while today. Look over at, uh, I want you to pull this up in the message translation, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Thank you guys, you can. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, notice with me in in verse 8, I believe, and we're going to look at this from the message and and, uh, you can feed on it, you know, from your your word, your Bible, uh, because it's all good. The Bible's good. Now, I want you to to notice this. One thing Paul never did was deny the fact that he was going through it. He never denied that. You know, I I can think of one time where he told a group of people, he said, you know, we would have come to you sooner, but Satan hindered us. You ever been hindered by the enemy? I'll raise both hands. But just because you're hindered doesn't mean you're stopped. Just because temporarily you've been hindered, if you will keep moving, eventually you get to the place where God wants you to be. A string on my coat's bugging you. See, she gets bugged. All right. Now, let's just work with this for a while. We don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad that we didn't think we were going to make it. You ever been there? Now, the King James Version says this, uh, and I'd like for somebody to hand me their Bible. You got the King James? You got New King James? All right. As you can tell, I wasn't quite prepared for this. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we despaired even of life. 
The King James says, For we would not have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed. That's it. That we were pressed out of measure, insomuch that we despaired even of our lives. Now notice the next verse in the message. I want us to see it in the message if we could. Thank you. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. (laughs) Mama said there'd be days like this. Oh, just slipped out of the spirit. We felt like we'd been sent to death row. That That it was all over for us as it turned out. So something happened. Something turned. The pressure was there. But the God of the turnaround turned the tables. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Because instead of trusting in our own strength, our wits to get out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea. Since he's the God who raises the dead. It's a great day when you come to the end of your own strength. When you come to the end of your own ability. When you come to the end of your own wit. Because what it does... It begins to turn the tables on Satan. And no longer is he coming against us, but he's coming against the greater one in us. It's kind of a catchy tune. And I don't know whose phone that was, and I know it's real embarrassing. I almost brought my phone in here this morning and kept it on. Um, But if you could, you know what they do at the movies now? They say, please silence your phones. No LOLing during church. (laughs) It's not a bad idea since he's the God who raises the dead. Look at the next verse, verse 10. And he did it. And he, no, notice who did it? He did it. Who's going to do it? Who began a good work in you? Who's your healer? Who's your financier? And he did it. Even when all hell, that's getting a little old. Even when all hell broke loose, the Bible says he rescued us from certain doom. And notice this. And he'll do it again. He'll do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need it. Oh, I'm about to run. I can hardly handle it. He did it. Listen, he got you saved. 
He can heal your body. He can save your babies. You made it through the recession of 2008. You're still breathing. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom. You see, Satan is the God of doomsday. He's the God of doomsday mentalities. He's the God of wilderness mentalities. He is the God of everything is going wrong. You might as well just stay in bed. But he rescued you and me from certain doom. And he'll do it again. Now listen, notice that word heal. Well, hell will do it again. But he'll do it again. Hell will come again. But he is greater than hell. And he lives on the inside of you. And he'll do it again. <laughs> rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. And I love how the King James says that this says this, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Amen. Now, so, so what do we do when pressure comes? And it will come. Number one, lose your pride lose yourself and become crucified with Christ and identified with him trusting only in his work that he's already accomplished so having faith right now turn me to Philippians chapter 3 and uh, let's notice a few verses and we'll look at the King James on this one Philippians chapter 3 And uh, I'll tell you where to look and where to start. So we've been exhorted to magnify the Lord, haven't we? We've been exhorted to give thanks unto the Lord. And what you're not thankful for, you're in danger of losing. You know that? Anytime I've, I've, I've caught myself belly aching... And complaining about the difficulties of ministry. I've caught myself and I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm thankful for what you've called me to do. And I'm here for the long haul. I'm yours to count on. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And I repent for moaning and groaning and wimping out. And I might as well just be honest with you. I've done it before. Because I don't want to be in danger of losing what I'm not thankful for. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. It doesn't do you any good to complain about your job. Joyce Myers said this. She said, you know, I used to think that uh, it's because, uh, I better look at it because I'll misquote it. Is that all right? We're still in Philippians. There's nothing cut and dry about this. We might as well just relax. Here's what Joyce said. She said, I used to think people complained because they had a lot of problems. 
But I've come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Now, now problems are going to come our way regardless of whether we complain or not. But those problems get magnified if we'll help them with a spirit of complaining. Need I spell out what complaining is? David said that my spirit was overwhelmed when I complained. Complain, remain, praise be raised. In everything give thanks. In every circumstance give thanks. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you and me. In everything, give thanks. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so what you're not thankful for, you can lose. Better be thankful for your mate. Be thankful for your job. What would it be like going to the job every day with an attitude of, I don't want to be here? What kind of testimony is that generating to unsaved people? Well, Pastor, I don't want to work there. There's nobody saved there. Duh. It might be the very reason he's got you there. Now, I realize, you know, God leads by His Spirit and leads people out of certain situations. But He never leads us out of situations with our tails tucked. He never leads us out when we're wimpy. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Anybody know where I was? Oh, wait, we better get there, otherwise we'll never get out of here today. <laughs> but we're thankful, aren't we? I'm thankful for the local church. I'm thankful for everyone who brings their time, their talents, and their treasures into the house of God. You know what? I'm even thankful for those that are unthankful. I'm thankful for people, not because they think we owe them something, but I'm thankful I have the opportunity to sow seeds into their lives. That's what I'm thankful for. Because I know if they hang around here long enough, they either change or they won't be able to handle it. All right, Philippians chapter 3. What do we do with all the hell? (laughs) One person said, when you're going through hell, don't stop. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Now notice here in Philippians chapter 3. Verse 13, Paul said, Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended or arrived, but this one thing I will do. This one thing. You can count on it. I'm going to do this. 
forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are ahead. Are the things which are ahead worth leaving the past behind and reaching for? Is it worth our while to be cowards held hostage by the past? What if, what if they hadn't? No, you need to forget it. This one thing I do, I'm forgetting the past. But I'm not just forgetting the past. I'm looking forward to my future with a confident, favorable expectation. And as for me and my house, we're going to reach out. We're reaching. We're reaching forth. Now listen, unto those things which are before. Oh, the things he has prepared for you. Oh, the things. He's prepared for his church. Has God got some good things out there in front of you? Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare back off. Reach. Now notice the next verses. Here's what I want you to see. Paul says, I forget the past. I reach forth to those things which are before But additionally, in my reaching, Paul says, I have to press. I have to press. To illustrate it, let me illustrate it like this. If there wasn't any pressure, Paul wouldn't have to press. In the world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be undaunted. Cheer up. Smile. Even spin around. And dance. For I've already overcome this world. I've deprived it of its power to hurt you. So get the picture. It's like a tug of war sometimes, isn't it? You're reaching You're pressing, and then hell comes. But he will do it again. He will rescue you. He will deliver you if you will not stop pressing. This is not the press of anxiety. This is not the press of legality and religion and the works of man. But it is the press of being filled with my word and being filled with my spirit. So as we press, we come through into a greater presence. And that greater presence swallows up the pressure. It's like this. God promotes you and elevates you even in the midst of turmoil with his presence to the degree that it permeates your life 
and what when those those things in the past that brought you down can no longer bring you down because you're in the presence of the Lord and you're pressing on daily into the things of God. Now, part of that press is not just, you know, being in the Word, read so many chapters a day and make, you know, 1,000, 1,500 and 238 million confessions a day. You can get worn out doing that, you know, and making sure you're praying three, four hours before breakfast and getting 525 people saved every week. I mean, those things are great and those things are good. But this press is with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's not just being in the Word and being in prayer, but it's also being a worshiper and a praiser. There's something about being a praiser and a worshiper that brings his presence on the scene in your life. What happens is God starts coming on the scene. And when God arises in the midst of your enemies, they shall surely be scattered. Paul and Silas sang and praised, sang, prayed and sang praises at midnight. And God sent an earthquake. And shook that place. And they were set free. But others around them were set free. All the prisoners heard them. And their bands were loosed. So God is saying to us today. Take heart. Be courageous. Don't stop. Just because the pressure has come. But keep pressing. Keep moving. And you will move right in to your wealthy place you'll move right into your healthy place you'll move right in to glorious days of heaven upon the earth listen very carefully Paul said thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph if there wasn't a test there would not need to be a triumph. For every test we face, God has a triumph of grace. Say that with me. For every test that I face, my Father has a triumph of His grace. Now listen. When you come through the press... And you come through the test and triumph is evident. The Bible said that through your life, it'll be like a fragrance. And it spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God and the goodness of God everywhere we go. You know, Brenda has some great perfume. And I think it's by Nina Ritchie. Don't go out and buy it. It's just she doesn't wear it anymore, whatever. But, but when she puts it on, it smells good. When you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are a person that continuously presses through the pressure, it's going to be a fragrance of the goodness of God in your life and through your life. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. 
And so in closing this this morning, there is a connection between giving of thanks and victory. There's there's something about giving of thanks beforehand, before the mountain moves, that causes the mountain to move. You know, Jesus demonstrated it to us when he went to the tomb of Lazarus. His, His sister said, hey, he stinks by now. Jesus went to the tomb and he looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me and that you always hear me. And he commanded Lazarus to come forth. Before Lazarus came forth, Jesus was thanking and praising his father for him being raised from the dead. Now in closing, turn with me to Romans chapter 4. I want to look at verse 19 and 20. Say, thank you, Lord. You know what? Our future is not getting duller and duller. Our future is getting brighter and brighter. Romans, the fourth chapter. Okay, so Abraham had a promise. The promise was, I'm going to make you the father of how many nations? Many nations. When Abraham looked at Sarah, he thought, "Uh uh-oh. When he looked at himself, he thought, I don't know. But he took his eyes off of his circumstance and he put his eyes on the promise. Not only did he have a promise... But the promise came from the promise keeper. And all Abraham had to do was accept the promise, stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief, but growing stronger in faith, he gave glory to God. Look at this, Romans 4, 20 and 21. Don't look at me like you want to leave. You've only been in church an hour and 22 minutes. Some of you went and saw some uh, vampire for about three hours the other night. Oh, my God. Yeah. You ain't going to catch me on Facebook talking about, oh, what a great movie the vampires were. So sorry. You can sit and watch a boring baseball game for three hours, but boy, an hour and 50 minutes, church, when's it going to be done, Ethel? I don't know, but I wish he'd shut up. You can watch the Raiders get whipped. Listen, listen, listen. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord speaking, George said. Listen, there's so much death in the world. There's so much death in the media. You're in a life zone right now. And the enemy wants you to lose your uh, attention and draw it on something else. Oh, I want. You need to ask yourself. What are you hurrying to get out of here? Where are you going to? Are you going to trade a sandwich for Revelation? The sandwich will wait. 
but I'm almost done. (laughs) Romans chapter 4, verse 20. He staggered not at what? The promise of God. Because he knew it came from the promise keeper. Through unbelief. But here's what Abraham did. He grew strong in faith by giving glory to God. I wonder, is there anything you need to give glory to God for that hasn't happened yet? Is there any promise that you're holding on to that the promise keeper hasn't performed yet? But if you will just hold on to the promise and start praising him for the promise, you'll get strong in faith and you become fully persuaded. Verse 21. And being being fully persuaded. See, what needs to happen for us to press through is we need to become fully persuaded at the promise and that the promise keeper will perform his word on our behalf. Read it with me and we're done. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to to perform. Come on, somebody. Let's give God praise. Lord, we worship you. We thank you, Father. We magnify your holy name today, and we glorify you in this place. We thank you, Lord, for doing what we could never do in and of ourselves in our own strength, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Did you get anything out of it today? Hallelujah. My prayer is that you'll be a doer of the Word of God, not just a hearer only. Amen.